Choosing joy. This is what I want to talk about today. Choosing joy. As we think about um, our feelings, we think about what we've experienced over this past year, uh, uh, everything that we've encountered. Some of us would say um, this year we've experienced some frustration. We've had to uh, pivot. We've had these, these numerous transitions that we've had to make. Things didn't exactly turn out the way that we had hoped. Um, so some of us would say this year we've experienced frustration. Uh, some would say we've experienced disappointment this year. Promises have gone unkept and uh, guarantees have gone unanswered. So it's led us this year to have some disappointments. So our year has been marked by disappointments. Maybe some of us would say, especially in this season, that we've experienced some sadness, some grief, as we've had to process the loss of loved ones or family members or friends. And you say, my year this year was marked by grief and sadness. Or maybe for you this year, you experienced some moments of outrage. Maybe you witnessed some injustice that was happening to some people who were able, unable to stand up for themselves. And you saw that and that, that lit a fire on the inside of you. And, and you, you say, you know, this year, I, I just felt just kind of outraged this year. Or maybe fear and anxiety have been the majority for you this year. Maybe it's uh, less than ideal circumstances, uncertain moments, uncertain outcomes, and, 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 and that has caused your year to, to not be a, a year of, of happiness, but a year filled with fear and anxiety, or maybe your year was filled with depression. Maybe your mental health was challenged this year. Maybe you went through some things this year that, that just took a toll on you. Maybe you, you looked around and you were hoping for a sense of normalcy, but there was no sense of normalcy. There was no end in sight, and, and somehow things continued to pile one on top of another. 2021 has brought us a roller coaster of feelings and emotion. This year, we felt all the feels. We felt all the feels possible this year. And frankly, if I were to take a poll, I think some of us would say it's been exhausting. Yeah. It's been exhausting. Yet, even though I know all of this is true, even though I've walked through some of these emotions with you, my encouragement and my challenge for you today in this upcoming holiday season, in this new year, in this, this new uh, uh, coming of a season, is for you to choose joy. For you to choose joy. Maybe this past year you've chosen a lot of things. You've chosen uh, to be uh, susceptible to some things. You, you've chosen the opportunities to kind of sit in some things. But this year, this season, this, this day forward, I'm challenging you to choose joy. Choose it. 
What is joy, Pastor Keenan? You, you want me to choose it. What is it? Well, joy um, is defined as internal stability in spite of external circumstances. Okay? Internal stability despite of external circumstances. Why? Because of the knowledge that God is in control. Because of the knowledge that God is in control. What is it? It's a settled assurance. It is a quiet confidence in God's sovereignty. See, see what happens is at some point we, we start to kind of we start to kind of fade. We, 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 the, the issues of life start to weigh us down and it starts to, to move on us. And somehow we forgot that God was sovereign. Somehow it started to distance us that God is sovereign. And we started looking at what was happening to us instead of what happened. Wait, I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. All right. This whole season. And even more in this season of our life as Christians, our lives should be rooted and filled with joy. Rooted and filled with joy. You said, Pastor Kenny, wait a minute. You just said all these things we walked through this year. You just let a, a myriad of reasons why we shouldn't be happy. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. That's, some, that's something that's different. That's that's something that's, that's, that's different. See, see, we chase happiness all day long, but happiness is predicated on our situation. Happiness says, I'm happy because my situation is good. But as soon as my situation is bad, I'm not happy anymore. And then I go try to find something else to make me happy. And the cycle continues because it's never enough. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. See, joy is predicated upon the Savior. Joy is predicated upon Jesus. Joy is predicated upon the thing that never changes. Joy says it doesn't matter what my situation is because God turns all things together for the good of those who love them and those who are called according to his purpose. Joy is what I'm talking about. Joy says we serve a God that has already overcome the world. So when we woke up, we woke up in victory. That's what joy says. See, see, happiness will always be temporary because it depends on us. But we always have access to joy because joy comes from Jesus. Joy comes from Jesus. So the question is, will you choose happiness or will you choose joy? Will you choose this inconsistent thing that you're constantly chasing and you're constantly trying to find, or will you choose joy? I want to turn, if you will, to Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 5, for those of you who, who love God and brought your Bible. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, but for those of you who have your word, it, uh, 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 let's turn to Romans chapter 15, excuse me. Um, and uh, we have it up on the screen, uh, Romans 15, verse 13. There we go. It says, verse 13, it says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and surround and perfect peace as you trust in him. Okay? And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. 
until you radiate with hope. Fill you with overflowing and uncontainable joy. See, Paul here is speaking. Um, actually, he's pleading with the Roman church to be unified. He's pleading with them to be in harmony with one another. But he closes it as, after he, he preaches this sermon, as after he writes this letter and he, he writes all these tough things, he closes it. He says, you know what? My desire is that God would fill them with perfect peace and uncontainable, overflowing joy. Here's the thing. But he said that this peace, this overflowing, uncontainable joy is only accessible through trust in Jesus. It's only acceptable through trust in Jesus. How do we get to joy? How do we get to this place of overflowing? It's by trusting in him. See, God designed this human machine to run on him. He is the fuel, uh, 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 he is the fuel that our spirits are designed to run on. He is the thing that we're designed to burn. So when we try to find joy in things outside of him, it doesn't work. And it only winds, uh, leaves us worse than we were when we started. Joy has to come from the thing that never changes and has always remained the same. Joy has to come from our trust in him and we must choose joy. Joy settles us when the world is shaking around us because our foundation is on solid ground. Let me turn to Habakkuk. If you're new to this church, we get in this book, so uh, bring you one. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, man, he said, there's no fruit on on, on the fig trees. He said, there's no grapes on the vines. Thing that I planted hasn't produced any harvest. Even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He says, even though things are going horrible all around me, Even though I have no reason to be joyful, even though I have no reason to be happy, even though I I put my seed in the ground and and the ground hasn't produced anything, even though I I, I was looking for the harvest, the harvest hasn't produced anything. And my my cows and and my flocks, they're all dead and it's, it's, it's nothing that's going on. He said, yet and still, I will rejoice in the Lord. See, Habakkuk, the prophet, he was was speaking to Judah, and they were about to be invaded, and people will die. People were going to die, and there were some Jews that were going to be persecuted. And he said, even though it looks like it's the worst of the worst, take this opportunity to choose joy. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. 
He said, instead of choosing to be depressed, instead of choosing to be sorrowful, and instead of choosing to think about all the things he didn't have and, and all of the outcomes he wished would have happened and, and the things he wished would have turned out the way that he wanted to, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. It is so important as believers that we make this our cry. That we make this the position of our heart. I have no earthly idea what 2022 will hold. But what I do know is that if we're going to be the type of people that will change this city, if we're going to be the believers that take the limits off of the way that people see Jesus, off of the way that they see faith, off of the way that they see church, then we have to say no matter what, we will choose joy. We will choose joy. No matter what circumstances may arise, our response will be, yet I will rejoice. Yet I will rejoice. I may not have everything I need, but yet I will rejoice. Yeah, my job may be acting crazy and my boss still acting funny, but yet I will rejoice. I, 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 my paycheck might be acting crazy and funny, but yet I will rejoice. My kids might be acting crazy and funny, but yet I will rejoice. No matter what, yet I will rejoice. Paul explained it a little simpler for you. And, and as he's talking to the church in Philippi in Philippians 4, verse 4, he says, I'm going to read it out the Passion and then I'll read it in the Amplified. He says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow. The Amplified for my scholars, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, take pleasure in him. Then he said, in case you didn't hear me the first time, again, I will say rejoice. See, the church in Philippi was facing opposition, and, and in the verses before this, we, he talks about there's some division in the body, and, and, but Paul says, don't worry about it. Y'all sit down somewhere, okay? Calm down. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice. I know it looks crazy. I know people are being divisive. And y'all handle that. But listen, rejoice in the Lord. See, most times your joy won't make sense to your situation. That's fine because the outcome as a result of your joy won't make sense to your situation either. You see, I'm joyous now. Why are you joyous? Because I know what's about to come. I know what's about to happen. I'm assured, I'm sure-footed in God and who God is. How do we rejoice, though? How, how do we walk in this joy? There's so much going on around us. We're, we're, how do I walk in the joy when I'm in this season of sadness? How do I walk in joy when I'm in this season of disappointment, of, of grief, of, of fear, of depression? How do I walk in joy? How do we walk in joy when there's nothing joyful around us? How? You're a great congregation. I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> you stop looking at what's going on around you on, and you remember what's going on inside you. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's what it is. 
You remember what's happening on the inside of you. Um, I want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 8, um, verse 9, but, but just to give you a little history, Nehemiah uh, was in the process of rebuilding the city, and, and as he's rebuilding this city, um, he faced some opposition, and, and some people were coming against him, and they were trying to kill him. It was at one point when Nehemiah got a sword in one hand, and he's building a wall with the other hand, just in case anybody try to act crazy while he's up there trying to build a wall, and, 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 and he built Builds the wall and the people come inside and they come together and the people return to Jerusalem and they were safe and, and, and Nehemiah gets excited and, and he gets up on that pulpit and he, he starts preaching and, and, and we pick up in verse, uh, uh, verse 9 of Nehemiah chapter 8 it says, then Nehemiah who was the governor and Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God, do not mourn or weep. Why was they weeping? Because all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. Then Ezra said to them, go your way, eat the rich festival food, drink the sweet drink, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And here's what he says right here. Do not be worried. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. Why should I not worry about what's going to happen? Why should I not worry about uh, what my future holds? Why should I not? He says, I'm going to tell you so right here. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. And so when I, when I see that, I, I just imagine, I just imagine, I, I, I had a, 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 a picture and, and, and I just imagine us being a cup. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength, and we are this cup. And here is God's, he said, not your joy, because your joy is not, mm -mm. Um, your joy. He said, God's joy. And so you have this picture that's God's joy and, and this cup, and, and he's just pouring it. And he just continued to pouring the joy. And it's an everlasting picture, so he just continues to pour that joy and pour that joy. And what about when my joy gets low? It, it don't matter, because he's still pouring. He's just pouring that until, the, until it overflows. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what do I do when I'm weak? What do I do when I'm facing opposition? What do I do when these situations are all around me and things are happening? Oh, oh, I know what I do. I just go to the joy of the Lord so he can fill me up and be my strength when I'm weak. The joy of the Lord is my strength and my stronghold. We experience the Lord's strength when we deliberately choose to recognize the joy that is already ours. It's already ours. We choose that joy because of we recognize how much God loves us and we recognize what Christ has already done for us. We recognize what Christ... See, this is, y'all thought, you know, y'all was waiting. This is what Christmas is all about. This is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about the joy of the Lord. This is what it's all about. And now I could easily just gloss over it and give you a, a, a traditional uh, Christmas service, but some of y'all I haven't seen, I may not see again, so you're going to get this work today. All right? Uh, this is what Christmas is all about. 
We talked about this series and we have this series talking about peace, love, and joy. But this isn't just something that we, you see uh, uh, decorations around the holidays. This isn't just a, a, a word or, or just something that, that are good topics as we talk about Advent. And, the, the, you know, the, it's not just that. I believe the Lord had us here because he's saying that peace Love and joy are tools that he has given us to successfully walk through every area of our life. He said, I've given you peace in the midst of circumstances. And no matter what goes on, he says, he says, I got peace for you. Don't don't, don't worry about it. I got peace. And then he says, he says, not your love, but my love. I'm challenging you in the area of love because as you show love and as you give love, you will be increased in love to the point where I am overflowing in you. He says, so I've given you that love. He said, what about when somebody get, get crazy with me? That's why I gave you the love, okay? Agape love. We were challenged in our love and now he is talking about our joy. He says every one of these things, it don't matter what season, what's happening, what's going on in your life. If you have peace, if you have love, if you have joy, you got everything you need. You got everything you need. It applies to every situation. See, see, the original idea behind Christmas had nothing, sorry kids, the original idea behind Christmas has nothing to do with Christmas gifts. It has nothing to do with Christmas trees or any of the hoopla and the things that we've made it about. Christmas was about the joy of Jesus Christ. That is what Christmas is about. It's about the, the joy given to the world that a Savior had been born, that we were dead in our trespasses, that we were separated from God, but he sent his son to save us. He sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins so that we could be restored to right relationship with him. I don't know about you, but, but if I was dead and somebody brought me back to life, I'd be pretty joyful. I don't know about y'all. I would be happy. I, uh, some of you can't remember what you used to be like before Jesus, okay? Some, some of y'all still can remember. I don't, you know, some of y'all been saved a while. Y'all might be bougie Jesus. But some of y'all remember what you used to be like. And now that God has made a transition in your life, it's something to be joyful about. This is what the joy of Christmas is all about. Having and choosing joy. Choosing joy. All right, let's get to the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I'm going to get you, get you, get you out of here. I'm going to get you your story. Come on, come on. Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 1. Come on. All right. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, now, in those days, a decree went out from the emperor Caesar Augustus that all the inhabited world, the Roman Empire, should be registered in a census. This was the first census taken while, uh, yeah, him, he was governor of Syria. And everyone went to register for the census, each to his own city. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of, of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and his family of David. 
Verse 5, in order to register with Mary who was betrothed to him and was with child. While they were in Bethlehem, time came for her to give birth. Verse 7, and she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no private room for them in the inn. Verse 8, in the same region there were shepherds staying out in the fields. Come on. Keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and showed around them, and they were terribly frightened. All right, here we go. Verse 10, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great what? which will be for all people. See, in Jesus' day, there were a lot of things to be uh, afraid of. The Jews were were living under uh, the tyrant Herod uh, uh, who who would execute anybody at will. Uh, The land was occupied by the Romans. They're fearful about their future. They're wondering if they'll ever be free free, uh, again. They're wondering if the Messiah is ever going to come. Almost like people live in fearful times today. As we look at the things that are going on in our nation and in the world around us, it can strike fear in our hearts. And fear robs us of joy. But the chief mark of the Christian, the chief mark of the believer, someone who's settled in Jesus, is the absence of fear and the presence of joy. See, see the angel's message to the shepherds with this, he said, do not be afraid. Why? Because they just said they was fearful. Now, you know, I, I'm with him. If an uh, angel pop up, I'm like, man, is it my time? Um, I ain't going to get to watch none of them shows on Netflix. Is it, is it now? Now is it? He says, do not be afraid. They were fearful. Fearful. But he says, the Messiah has come. This is good news that you need to know so that you can have great joy. See, fear is what Christ came to remove so that we could have great joy. But the condition of that joy, just like he talked to the shepherds, is to let go of our fear. We have to let go of the fear so that we can have joy. He said, behold, I bring you tidings of great joy joy. In other words, even if you don't feel like it, even if it don't feel like something you want to do, he said rejoice anyway because your whole world is about to change. Your whole world is about to change. He says it's about to be different. There was a German philosopher that, uh, a German philosopher that says, uh, if you want me to believe in your Redeemer, then you're going to have to look a lot more redeemed. Do you look redeemed? And I'm not saying that you got to put on a fake smile or you got to pretend like situation isn't a, 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 are happening around you. But joy is a powerful testimony. It is such a powerful testimony when we rejoice even in the midst of adversity. Joy is the magnet that God has given us to attract the world. Why are you so happy? Why are you so excited? Don't you know what's going on around you? What you smiling for? What you got to be glad about? Oh, boy. 
You asked the right one today. I can tell you, I hope you got some time. Take a seat, put your seatbelt on, because I'm going to tell you every reason I have to be joyful. Let me tell you what God has done for me. Let me tell you how he brought me out of a pit. Let me tell you how he healed me. Let me tell you how he saved me. Let me tell you how he redeemed me. Let me tell you how he changed my life. That is why I'm joyful. That is why I'm happy. That is why I ain't worried about what's going on, because I know my redeemer. That's why I have joy. All right. Okay, let me, let me, let me go. Let me go. For, for verse 11. For this day in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah. See, this is the basis and the foundation of our joy. In the words of the Avengers, they might have a hulk. But in the words of Limitless, we have a Savior. We have a Savior. Jesus came to save us from the power of penalty and the penalty of sin. He came to save us from that. Whatever we're going through in life, whatever season you may find yourself in now and later, I need you to remember that we have a Savior. He says, he, these, these were the three important words. He said, we had a, a Savior. He said, Christ. And we, he said, Lord. He said, in the city of David, there's a, a Savior who is Christ, the Lord. So, so we have a Savior. See, we also have a Christ. The name Christ means anointed one. The Hebrew, ver, Hebrew version of that as seen in the Amplified would be Messiah. See, Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to the Jewish people to send his son as a Messiah. It is a reminder to us that God keeps his promises. Some of y'all might need to write that on a sticky and put it on every, put it on a mirror, put it on a refrigerator, put it on the bills, put it on your checking account. Remember that Jesus keeps his promises. We have a Savior who has forgiven us. We have a Messiah who keeps his promises. Finally, we have a Lord. Not just a companion, not a buddy, not a friend. We have a Lord. That means we have someone to direct us in the way that we should go in life. We have someone who protects us as we go in the way that he's chosen with us. And we have someone who will welcome us into heaven once this life is over. We have a Lord. We have a Savior. We have a Christ. We have a Lord. That is the foundation. That is all we need to be people who are filled with joy, to be people who give others joy, and to be people who live a joyful life. People who live a joyful life. We have everything that we need. God has already given it to us. Yes, we're going to face some tough situations. Every day may not be the greatest day of your life. And yes, you're going to face some, some opposition. The Bible talks about as, as we walk in him and as we, we move in him that there will be times where we face trials. 
But the thing I love about the word of God, the thing I love about Jesus is he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, you're going to face some stuff, but, but chill. You, you're going to be all right. Because I already overcame the world. I've already overcome the world. And if I am in you, you already have the victory. You already have the victory. We have to choose joy. I know it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's not something that you will have to continually speak to your heart. You will have to continually speak to your soul. Something that you'll have to continually be in remembrance of and reminding yourself of. But look what he gave us. Look, look at here. Look, look what we got. To help you and remind you of his promises, help you, remind you of his faithfulness, to remind you of how good he is, to remind you that he keeps his word. And some of us, we just need to look in the mirror and be reminded. We just need to look in the mirror and be reminded. Because we focus so much on what's going on around us. We focus so much on what's happening in the world and we watch the news and we watch people and we watch what's, all of this kind of stuff and it, it, it depletes us of our joy. Guard your peace. Guard your joy. If it costs you your peace, if it costs you your love walk, if it costs you your joy, the price is too high. Anything, anyone that costs you your peace, that costs you your love walk, and that costs you your joy, the price is too high. We have access to joy. We have a Savior. We have a Christ. We have a Lord. And that's all we need to be people who walk and live and give others joy. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have given us an opportunity to be filled with joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. We remember that, God. We remember your promises. We remember your faithfulness. We remember your love, and we choose to be filled with joy. We choose to be people who give others joy, and we choose to share that joy with the world. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.